Welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. In the news, how does Islam fit in the end time scenario? Will the Middle East erupt into World War III? Let's find out. Now here's your host, Albert Hardy. Well, greetings friends around the world who are interested in prophecy. I want to quote Jesus right off the bat. And he said, and this is uh, chapter 16, verse 33 of John. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Which would imply to me that you can too because of me. And that is a great thing. Now, what role will Islam play in the end time scenario? What does the Bible have to say about it? Well, we've covered in a previous podcast something I want to repeat. It's from Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 5. For my sword shall be bathed, or has drunk its fill, in the sky, heaven. Behold, it shall come down on Idumea and upon the people of my curse to judgment. Who are the people of God's curse? Well, remember Esau and Jacob. The, um, the mother of Jacob loved Jacob. She was also the mother of Esau. They were twins. Esau was the firstborn. And his dad loved Esau more than Jacob. And a family feud started, and it has still not gone away. It's still going on. And now it's the people of Idumea, which happens to be Iraq, Iran, parts of Turkey, Syria, Saudi Arabia. It's that whole region, the whole Middle East region. Now, are they the people of God's curse? That is the question. So, where do we go to try to figure that out? The answer is found in Jeremiah four, um, yeah, 46 and 49 and onwards. If you want a detailed explanation, by all means, read the last four chapters of Jeremiah. <laughs> you will get a brand new education about what's going to happen in the Middle East. So I'm going to read 46... 22 here. Here's what he says. The voice thereof shall go out like a serpent, for they shall march with an army and come against her with axes, as hewers of wood, and they shall cut down her forest, says the Lord, though it cannot be searched, because they are more numerable than the grasshoppers. The daughter of Egypt be confounded she shall be delivered into the hand of the people of the north. Well, the people of the north of the Middle East would be Turkey, first of all, and then Russia. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says, I will punish the multitude of No and Pharaoh, and that's, I believe, parts of Egypt, and Egypt with their gods, little g, and their kings, even Pharaoh, and all that trust in him. I will deliver them into the hand of those that seek their lives, 
and into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and into the hand of his servants, and afterward it shall be inhabited as it was in the days of old. But fear you not, O my servant Jacob. Don't be afraid, O Israel. For behold, I will save you from afar, and your seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return, and be at rest, and at ease, and none shall make him afraid. So fear not, O Jacob, my servant, says the Lord, for I am with you. I will make a full end of all the nations where I have driven them, but I will not make a full end of you, but correct you in measure, yet I will not leave you wholly unpunished." Unquote. So clearly, it's not Israel that is the target of God's curse. It is not Israel. And it is parts of Egypt. And then if we go to uh, chapter 49 of the book of Jeremiah, concerning the Ammonites, that would be Jordan, thus says the Lord, has Israel no sons? Has he no heir? Why then do their king, and that's Malcolm, um, possess Gad and his people dwell in his cities? Therefore the days come, says the Lord, that I will cause an alarm of war to be heard in Rabbah of the Ammonites. And it shall um, be a desolate heap, and her daughters will be burned with fire. Then Israel be, will be their heir unto them that were his heirs, says the Lord. Howl, O Heshbon, and I is spoiled. Cry, you daughters of Rabbah. And then we'll drop down and go to um, verse 6. And afterward I will bring again the captivity of the children of Ammon, says the Lord. Then concerning Edom, verse 7, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Is wisdom no more in Timon? Is counsel perished from the prudent? Is their wisdom vanished? Timon is a city in Saudi Arabia, and so is Dedan, or Dedan. Verse 8, Flee ye, and go back. Dwell deep, O inhabitants of Dedan. For I will bring calamity on Esau upon him in the time that I will visit him. And it goes on and on and on. So we're going to jump down to um, verse 22. Behold, he shall come up and fly as an eagle, spread his wings over Basra. Now, there's a Basra, a city of about 600,000 people in southern Iraq. And at that day shall the heart of the mighty men of Edom be as the heart of a woman in birth pains. Concerning Damascus, this is Syria, and this is Jeremiah 49, verse 23. Hamath and Arpad are confounded, for they have heard evil things. This is all in Syria. They are faint-hearted, and they melt away. There is sorrow on the sea. And it shall not be quiet. Damascus is waxed feeble and turns herself to flee. 
and fear has seized on her. Anguish and sorrows have overtaken her as a woman in travail. And that means having a baby. How is the city of praise not left? In other words, it's, it doesn't remain anymore. The city of my joy. Therefore her young men will fall in the streets, and her men of war shall be cut off in that day, says the Lord of hosts. And I will kindle a fire in the wall of Damascus, and it shall consume the palaces of Ben-Hadad. Then concerning Kedar. Now this is another town in Saudi, according to my understanding. And concerning the kingdoms of Hazor, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, shall smite. Now there is type and anti-type in prophecy. There is a beginning fulfillment and a latter day fulfillment. And I believe that's what this means. It's not the real, the first king of the world, which happened to be Nebuchadnezzar. It's the one today. Their tents and their flocks, verse 29, they shall take away and they shall take to themselves their curtains and their vessels and their camels and they shall cry unto them fear is on every side verse 30 flee get away from here dwell deep O you inhabitants of Hazor says the Lord for Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon has taken counsel against you and has conceived a purpose against you and what else where else can we find something well, verse 34, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet against Elam, that's E-L-A-M, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will break the bow of Elam, the chief of their might, and upon Elam I will bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven and will scatter them toward all those winds. And there shall be no nation where the outcasts of Elam shall not come. For I will cause Elam to be dismayed before their enemies, and before them that seek their life. And I will bring evil upon them. Sounds like the people of, of God's curse to me, certainly. I will bring evil upon them, even my fierce anger, says the Lord, and this is Jehovah, Y-H-V-H, Yahweh, Jesus, in fact. And I will send the sword after them till they have been consumed. And I will set my throne in Elam and will destroy from there the king and the princes, says the Lord. In other words, he will be the conqueror of the Elamites. But it shall come to pass in the latter days, now this is the latter day fulfillment, that I will bring again the captivity of Elam. Now in the notes I wrote, Iran, this is Iran, Elam, says the Lord. Now, what about other places? Chapter 50 starts out like this. The word of the Lord, or the word that the Lord spoke against Babylon against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. So we know who he's talking about. Verse 3, For out of the north there will come up a nation against her, that would be Babylon, which shall make her land desolate, and none 
shall dwell therein. They shall remove, and they shall depart, both man and beast. Unquote. Then in verse 9, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her. From there she shall be taken. Their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man, and none shall return in vain. They won't miss. The Chaldeans shall be a spoil, and all their spoil shall be satisfied or completed, says the Lord. Because you were glad and rejoiced, O you destroyers of my heritage, that would be Israel, because you are grown or wanton as a heifer in grass, and bellow or neigh as bulls or strong horses. And then dropping down to uh, verse 15. Shout against her, round about, all around. She has given her hand or submitted herself. Her foundations are fallen. Her walls are thrown down. For it is the vengeance of the Lord, Jehovah. Take vengeance upon her, as she has done due to her. Cut off the sower from Babylon. That would mean food. And him that handles the sickle in the time of harvest. For fear of the oppressing sword, they shall turn every one to his own people, and they shall every one of them flee to his own land. And then dropping down to, uh, let's see, verse 21. Go up against the land of Merathaim, Merathaim, even against it, and against the inhabitants of Pecod. Waste and utterly destroy after them, says the Lord. And according to all that I have commanded you, a sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. Verse 23, this is kind of a key verse. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? How is Babylon become a desolation among the nations? Unquote. Now, if you study history, you will learn or see that Babylon included most of the Middle East, including Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and the whole region, parts of even eastern Egypt. So Nebuchadnezzar ruled over all these people. I believe the Mahdi, which is coming, is going to do the same thing. He's going to rule that whole region. There will be one guy that will be the chief ruler of the Middle East. So that's, but that's just me. But verse 26, here's what it says. Well, let's back up to 25. The Lord has opened his armory and has brought forth the weapons of his indignation for this is the work of the Lord God of hosts. He had work to do in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from the uttermost border. Open her storehouses. Now what's the storehouse of the Middle East? Sand and oil. Underneath that oil, there is a gigantic amount of oil. And natural gas floats on the top of that. And from 
that oil and natural gas, you can derive, or scientists can derive lots of things. Gasoline, for example, kerosene, jet fuel, rocket fuel, lots of things. Asphalt, tar, etc. He said, come against her from the uttermost border, open her storehouses, cast her up as heaps, and destroy her utterly. Let nothing of her be left. Whoa. Now, if you tie that in with verse uh, 32, this is what it, how it reads. And the most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up, and I will kindle a fire in her cities, and it shall devour round about him. What does that sound like to you? Doesn't that sound a lot like chapter 34 of Isaiah? Well, I'm going to read two more verses here, verse 40 and 41. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbor cities, that would be Admezeboam and Bela, which, by the way, you can still go to today and see nothing but ash, cities full of ash, 90-degree angles, three-story buildings, all turned into ash. It's not a natural formation. There are no 90-degree angles in nature. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah in their neighbor cities, says the Lord, so shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell there. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the coasts. That would be all around the Mediterranean, and also the Red Sea and the Gulf uh, between Iraq and Iran. Uh, let's see. From the coast thereof, and other the uttermost parts of the earth. Unquote. I mean, it just goes on and on and on talking about the destruction of Babylon. A sword shall be upon all the liars, he says in verse 36, and they shall be dismayed. So shall the mighty men. But the hammer of the whole earth, who, pray tell, is that? Now let's just take a look at Revelation 18 for a second. Revelation chapter 18 says this. Now, let's see. Chapter 18. Well, let's start with 14. And uh, verse 10. The same shall drink... Wait a minute. Let's back up one more to 9 or 8. I'm sorry. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. And that great city, Babylon the Great, because she has made all nations drink the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Who, pray tell, is that? Well, that's us. That's all of us in the, in the rest of the world who buy and sell her oil and use it for fuel. The, wrath, the wine of her wrath is oil, in my view. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive the mark of his name in his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, 
which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. That's Jesus. Verse 11, And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest night nor day, or day nor night, who worship the beast of or the beast and his image, and whosoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints, and them that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Let's stop right there. What kind of smoke goes up forever? Well, let's say we have oil buried underneath that dirt, or actually sand, and it's only buried about 25 feet down, if it's buried at all, in several places. And I've seen videos and pictures of this. The oil is on top of the ground already, forming pools. Kind of reminds me of what happened in Genesis, when the five kings that fought with Abraham uh, fled away from him. Some of them fell into tar pits. That's exactly where this was. Those tar pits were open to the air even back then. And you can imagine a sandstorm sweeping across the desert, blowing sand everywhere, and it blew it on top of the, uh, the oil that was sitting open to the atmosphere. And it sort of formed a covering over the oil. And these men were galloping on their horses trying to get away from Abraham, and they fell into the tar. Oh, how dreadful can you get? That's what I believe he's talking about. But over and over, he talks about smoke and fire and heat. Scary stuff. Well, my opinion is, it's those that dwell in that area. Now, who dwells in that area? Do they allow Christians? No. How about Jews? Um, no. So it wouldn't be Christians and it wouldn't be Jews. How about Islam? Well, ding, 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 that's who lives in that area. Now, I have nothing against the Islamic people themselves. I just urge them to repent and turn to God, the one and only true God, and it's not Allah. So, the hammer of the whole earth will be broken. Now, in chapter 34 of Isaiah, let's go back there a second. You know, I know one gentleman who believes, at least one, because he was an Islamic person at that time, he was reading the scripture in Greek. He's also a Greek scholar, and he read Chai Zai Stigma. In the name of Allah, swords. It sounds just like that in Greek. Uh, according to my understanding. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, except for a little bit. But that sounds like the mark of the beast, because if you see 666 written in Greek, it looks like chai, xi, that's x-i, stigma. C-h-i, space, x-i, space, stigma. S-t-i-g-m-a. Wow. When he saw that, his eyes lit up. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. 
So, wow. In Isaiah 34, and we read this in a previous podcast, but he said, For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations, verse 2, and his fury is upon all their armies, and he has utterly destroyed them and has delivered them to the slaughter. In verse 4, All the host of heaven shall be dissolved. And I said before what I think that means. The host of heaven, it doesn't mean suns and stars out there. They're too far away, and they're not going to be able to fall. But our satellites, we have over 22,000 satellites out there to look just like stars. And that's what certainly can fall. Why will it fall? Because there'll be a cloud cover of smoke covering the earth. And that's what I believe. Listen to this. And all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and their heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. What happens when you roll up a scroll back together again? Well, you can't read the words. Those words are like those satellites out there. You can't see them if there's a cloud cover of smoke. And all their hosts shall fall down, and as the leaf falls from the vine, and the falling fig from the fig tree, that's the way these stars are going to fall. For my sword shall be bathed and drink its fill in the sky. Behold, it shall come down upon, not the U.S. of A., not New York City, not Rome, Idumea. We've already seen that that is the Middle East, the people of my curse to judgment. And you can read the rest of the chapter. There are a lot of places like this. But then in verse 10 of chapter 35, in fact, let's just read chapter 35 a little bit. The wilderness and the solitary place. And this is after the clouds have been dissipated by Jesus at his return. The fire is being supernaturally put out. He's going to put an end to all of that trouble. And then, verse 1, chapter 35, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly, rejoice even with singing and joy. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, for he will be there, in other words. Wow! And the excellency of our God. Strengthen, therefore, the weak hands, and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of fearful heart, Be strong, and fear not, for, behold, your God will come with vengeance. Set things straight, in other words. Even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. And then dropping down for the sake of time to verse 10. The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Wow. That's something I can sink my teeth into right there. So it's not all bad news. There is quite a lot of good news coming after the trouble. So I hope you've got some good out of this, and uh, I hope you now know who the people of God's curse is, and uh, that you look up and be prepared so that when Jesus does come back, you will be ready and that you will be with him.
That's the role of the church. The church is, it exists in order to get the, the uh, people ready for the return of Christ. So that's what I'm endeavoring to do. I hope and pray that God blesses you and keeps you safe. And until next time, i got to go, but um, go to my website. You'll find several links to YouTube videos that will build your faith. I have nothing whatsoever to sell on the website. It's all an act of love. A lot of work has gone into that website. The address is jesusiswhy.com or I tell why. That's I, the letter I. Tell, T-E-L-L, and Y, W-H-Y, dot com. That's a shorter way to get there. But uh, you can read my eight books there. They're all free. They're all, well, one of them is recorded in audio. It's about the life of Christ and why he matters today. There's books on all kinds of stuff there. I just hope you get a lot out of it. You can uh, print the PDFs. You can mark them up. Ask your pastor about them. I heartily recommend that you do. And you can email me at jesusisy at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Albert Hardy saying, I care about you because you care about God and the things of God. Have a great day. See you next time.